Good morning, Ridgepoint Church. How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. I'm not going to lie, after that video, I, I, I still want to go on a run. Does anyone want to just maybe real quick, we can... Okay, awesome. Man, super glad you guys are here today. Um, I'm actually really excited about this series that we're, uh, we're jumping into, guys. We're actually um, using this I Can, ha- I Can Handle It, um, kind of a three-week series to launch off what we're doing in groups, guys. And I really believe that God has something really special for every one of us in this. So I just want to encourage everybody, man, really engage in this series, guys. You know, be, be here on Sundays for what we're doing on service, but also in groups. Um, you definitely don't want to miss out on what's going on. Because here's the thing, I think God's going to change our life, and, and here's a big part of the reason why. We all face giants in our lives, ad, ad, sorry, adversaries and strongholds that diminish our abilities to live a life full, of, full and free. Frozen in the grip of rejection, fear, anger, comfort, and addiction, we lose sight of the promise God has for our lives. Faith doesn't take my fear, faith doesn't take my fear away, but teaches us how to fight it. Our Goliath must fall as God wants us to live in victory. Um, it's a huge part of what we're doing in group and, and, and in the series, guys, and you guys do not want to miss this. So I just want to encourage you all, as, as we kind of get launched out into the series and, and start talking about it all, um, engage with it. You do not want to miss it. Um, and I'm really excited about today. As we kick this off, um, I want to talk about our confidence when we're facing our giants. And he, here's the funny thing about giants. Um, they're really big, all right, which is like the biggest oxymoron ever, right? Like, of course, giants are really big. But here's the thing. As we're going through life, as, as, as we're, we're taking each day, each step um, in, in our path, Giants come and they face us, and sometimes they're so big that they block our view of what's, what our purpose is, what our dreams are, what God has for us. And all we can focus on is this big behemoth in our way. And, and what's crazy is what happens with that is that so often they, that starts to define so much of our circumstances. And I know today we don't see many giants running around, right? Like I say that, like we don't, you know, the best we have is Shaq, and he's like 7'1", or Yao Ming, he's 7'6", but... I think Shaq won most of the time. Anyways, that's neither here or there. But being them, 7176, talking about giants in this day, talking about nine feet tall, even some bigger than that. So our quote-unquote giants, they don't even measure up to that. But I'm not just talking about like these physical giants we face, but ones that kind of come at us through little things that happen in our life that, that, come, that come from hurdles and crisis and thought patterns and habits and, and the way we were brought up and major decisions, like the circumstances that come from that and the giants that kind of seem to stand in the way of those. They can define our circumstances like we already said. Which leads us to our big idea today, and this is what our big, our big kind of thing we wanted to get out today, is our confidence is not defined by our circumstance. Our confidence is not defined by our circumstance. Wherever you find yourself today, do not let circumstances define your confidence. Don't let them define you at all. The results could, could honestly be tragic, we're going to get into today, but what I want to do is just something I kind of do with, with students as we get going today, is I want to go ahead and encourage everybody, if you can close your eyes and bow your heads, and there's nothing special or crazy about this, this is honestly just simply to take a moment to kind of let everything else around kind of go, go out, just kind of be able to take a moment to focus. And as we do that, as, as we pray, I'm, I'm usually for students, I, I remain quiet for a little bit, we actually did it last week um, with JJ, and uh, we're not, I'm, not, I'm going to keep praying when we pray in a minute, but I want you to take a moment to talk to God, wherever you're at, whatever's going on. Whatever's facing you, just take a moment and talk to God about where you're at. And if you're in here going, dude, I don't even believe in God, I don't trust God, just, I'm, I'm going to ask you to give it a try. Um, you're here today for a reason, so, so at least try that. It's going to be awesome. Um, I really believe that. But, but as you do that, have, have a time with God. And as I pray, um, don't just copy what I say, guys. Have, have your own conversation with God as we pray together. So um, let's pray. Uh, Daddy, thank you so much uh, for this day. Thank you for your love and your grace, God, that we get to come together and, and worship you have this time. And I, I just pray, Daddy, that as, as, as we come to this, God, as, as we're speaking out to you, Daddy, you hear what everyone is saying. 
God, I just pray that everyone would hear what you have to say back. God, that we'd be made aware of your presence in this place. Daddy, that we would um, just know you more from what happens today. God, I pray that, that as, as we speak and we talk about these things, God, that you would be the one speaking, the one communicating to us. God, that we would all have a special touch from you today. That we would really see where our confidence comes from. Daddy, we thank you for all you're doing. I just love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome. All right, today as we get going, guys, I'm really excited about this. We're actually going to be in Numbers, which I think is really funny that we're in Numbers. Um, who, like, no, I don't know, I was say, who, who, who didn't, who, who knew that there's more than Numbers in the book of Numbers? Anybody? I, I thought when I first came that it was just a book of Numbers, and so I never read it. Um, but then I did. So it's really cool. It's awesome. We're going to be there today and actually look at kind of this historical account in Numbers 13 about what happened with, with the Israelites. But before we do that, I want to give us a little background to, to what's going on, because we're going to jump in right in the middle of it. Um, we're going to read kind of a, a, a big section, just kind of get the context of what's going on. But before we do that, I want to, uh, about trip over the table, I should move that back up. Okay. <laughs> I, want, I want to give us a little bit of context. So basically what's happening here, where we're going to enter in at, is the Israelites have been in slavery for over 400 years. And they've been particularly under slavery under, under the Egyptians, who were the world power of the day. And... What happens is, is God comes and he, break, he, he virtually sets them free. He rescues them out of slavery. And in the process, he does like some crazy cool stuff, right? He sends, he sends play, like, like, because the Egyptians originally were like, uh, no, like Moses comes, God sends Moses, tells him, hey, listen, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, you crazy? And so plagues ensue, and eventually he lets them go, but then chases them down and kills them with his army. And as we all know, Moses sticks his staff down, God splits the Red Sea, the Israelites walk through on dry ground, and then Pharaoh and his armies come in, and the Red Sea crashes um, around them. So what's crazy uh, is about this is they just got to see, like, God literally just go toe-to-toe with the power of the day and come out, like, wildly victorious. Um, and then from there, they, they go from there, they go, they, they go on the wilderness a little bit, and they get to Mount Sinai. And here on Mount Sinai, actually, Moses goes up, talks with God. He gives them the law. He gives them, hey, listen, as my people, this is, what, this is who I am, this is what we're about, this is um, kind of how I want us to live and, and, and guide our lives. And... Uh, they come down, they, they get all that, and in the midst of that, God promises them. He says, listen, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Like, I'm going to bless you over and over again as you follow me and as we have this time together, and you're going to be a beacon to all other people, my love and my grace and who I am, and, and, and you're going to shine that out. And as they, as, they, uh, as they go from Mount Sinai, so they get that, they come back down from Mount Sinai, and then they go to that promised land. God's like, all right, start, start on your way. So they make their way to the edge of the promised land. They get there, and they decide, you know what, hey, let's scout the land out real quick. So they send 12 dudes in there to check out the promised land, to see, like, okay, God says he's got this, let's, let's look at what we're getting, getting, gonna get and all that kind of stuff. Let's kind of peek at the presence, per se. So they go in, and they come back, and that's where we pick up in Numbers 13, verse 25, and this is what it says. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community, Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the whole land. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there and descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Aren't those names cool? Okay, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. 
But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people who saw who we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, they felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they, they thought too. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in the great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted amongst themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell down, fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Josh, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, I ruined that still, tear, tore their clothing. They said to all the people in Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And it is the Lord, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, how long Will these people treat me like treat me with contempt? Will they ever believe in me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? That's a lot. We just kind of come into this story and see we have a lot to learn here. They obviously had had giant stuff, but here's the thing we need to get, guys. They were promised this land. God had, give it, had already given it to them, which is really crazy to me. Is as, as they come back, they, they, they go and they see everything God had promised, right? He said, I'm going to give you land flowing milk and honey. They get back. Like, dude, it is. It's amazing. And here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. They, they, they brought fruit back. Actually, in, in Deuteronomy, it talks about the fruit they brought back. They brought back a bushel of grapes, and it took two men to carry it. That's, the kind of, like, that, that's how, like, like, fruitful this land was. Do like, you, you guys grasp that, like, a, a bushel of grapes? Have you, has anyone had grapes recently? Kind of a one-hand activity, just pick it off the other hand. Two full-girl men carried back grapes, like not like a whole bunch of grapes, just one. Like, oh my gosh, like, like here's a, like a, a little thing of grapes, not like one big plum of grape, but the big thing of grapes right there. Like, like man, this land is awesome. It's crazy. It's, man. But yet they looked and they also saw giants. They saw big cities. And they lost sight of, of what was promised to them. God promised, he said, listen, I, this is yours. It's, it's yours for the taking. That's why you see Joshua and, Joshua and Caleb going, hey, guys, this is ours. But yet the people let the circumstances get to them. They were intimidated and petrified by the circumstance. The obstacles in their way, literal giants. And as a result, little thing to understand from here, only two of the adult, only, only two adults in that whole crowd, only two people from that generation were actually ever able to end the promised land. From that, they were, they were, they were put back, that's where we hear about the 40 years in the wilderness. They didn't, they didn't do that before this. They were actually going to go. They disobeyed there, and they, went, they spent 40 years in the wilderness until a whole generation died out except for two men, Caleb and Joshua. Because of their faith, they were able to still enter because they, they put their confidence somewhere else in the circumstances they saw. So as, as, as we do that, we have a lot to learn there, and I'm really excited as we get into this today for us to see what we can learn from this. So first is, is, is our circumstance. 
Now, ours are a little different, right? Like, they saw big giants and fortified cities. We don't have, like, real giants and big walls necessarily that, that we look at and, and, and terrify us. But maybe in our life, there are some things. Our circumstances that, 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 that kind of birth these things are from our upbringing, our choices, our geographical location. Like, where we're at, the choices we make, the, the way we were brought up, often bring about many of the circumstances we find ourselves in. And we often get caught up, bogged down with those circumstances. We let them define us and our ability to go through this life whether it be money, status, upbringing, who we know, what we feel. And what I mean by that is this. As we go through this life, often we, we kind of approach certain, certain milestones in our life, and, and what happens is, man, we, we just, how am I going to do this? I don't have enough money, right? Like, like I, or, or I've accrued so much debt that, that, that I'm, my financial situation is hopeless, or we look and go, man, listen, I, I, I didn't, my, my, my dad wasn't there. I didn't grow up with a loving father, so, so what do you expect from me? Man, I have this addiction and I can't, I can't kick it. I've tried, I can't, it's just part of who I am now. Man, my, my family is falling apart and there's nothing I can do. I'm physically in pain. My, 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 my relationships are tearing apart. I'm, I'm, I, there's so much loss and these things, we let them define our confidence. And all of a sudden we stop living life and we, we, we kind of just sit back and go, man, why don't we go back to, to, to something else? Why don't, why don't we stop going forward? The problem is we get so focused on the circumstances that are going on in our life that we forget to look at where our confidence really lies. Whatever, whatever place you find yourself in, there is a hope, guys. There's ability to handle this, a confidence to conquer this life. Now, there, there, there's something that actually came up to me yesterday. Um, this wasn't originally part of my, my planning, but I was um, actually watching my son and... Um, he likes football, which is awesome. Somehow at one years old, he loves football. So we had college game day on, and they were talking about this quarterback called Kyle Kent. And, and uh, first of all, who in here is a college football fan at all? Like loves, likes, desires? Okay, cool. You guys don't have to be ashamed about that. Put them high. Like I saw some like, okay, like <laughs> it's okay. Listen, my team, my team is Tennessee, okay? So like there's no shame. I'm not judging any of you, okay? <laughs> so so here's the thing. <laughs> this, this quarterback is... It, is really a kind of a cool story. So if, if you guys are going, like if you're just sitting there, I'm talking about football, don't tune out. You're going to love the story, okay? He's the starting quarterback of Iowa State, okay? So if you guys haven't heard of Iowa State, there's a reason. They're not that big or special. But this year, they're actually making some wind. And here's the cool thing about, about this Kyle Kent guy. He's a fifth-year senior, which means he's played, for, he's played for four years and had one year where he played somewhere else. And he and his entire kind of career has never really been the star, never been the guy. Coming out of high school, he actually was recruited by a couple of guys, and, and obviously the recruiting thing, they're like, dude, you're, you're the next thing. You're going to be Cam Newton. You're going to be Peyton Manning. You're going to be Tom Brady. That's who you're going to be. And he gets there, and, and the school he went to, he actually wound up being a third-string nobody. And they're like, we don't know what to do with you. You're not going to work. You're, like, you're not a football player. You're not worth anything. So, so from that, he transferred over um, out, of that, out of there to a junior college, which a junior college virtually is, is just a place where if you guys are, have Netflix, Last Chance U, that's a, that's, a, that's a junior college. Like it's, it's not the big leagues. It's a bunch of guys who are trying to get to the big leagues who can't play college anymore, so they're playing, or they can't play high school anymore, so they're playing college. So he's playing junior college, which is supposed to be like, if you're, if you're a real deal, you can make it in college football, you'll be playing there. And he's, he's third string there, not getting to see the field. So then after that, he's like, man, like, I'm trying to chase this dream, trying to follow my, my football hopes, and and as he does this, he, 
He calls out Iowa State, which um, Iowa State's coach, he actually was coaching somewhere else that was recruiting him before, and he called him and said, hey, listen, coach, could you guys use a quarterback? And he's like, dude, I, I would love to have you, but uh, we don't have any scholarships for you, which virtually means, like, we don't have anything to make it where you can do football in school and not have to figure out some source of income, right? Full players get scholarships, full ride to college. He said, we don't have any more left. We would love to have you, but, but we're out. We're out. And uh, he said, it's okay, coach, I'll come on and walk on, which virtually means that if you don't have a scholarship to play football, you're not guaranteed on the team. So you get some, I'm, I'm explaining for some of you guys, are like, what's a walk-on player? Virtually, they get to go to college, they, they go to college like a normal student. They're trying to find other ways of income to pay for school, pay for those things, but they also get to make it on the football team, which means while playing football, while doing schoolwork, they have to find a way to make money somehow, or hopefully hope their parents are rich enough, you know, one of the two. So... He goes, I'll I'll make my own way on there, coach. I'll come play. So he gets there, and he's virtually fifth string. Fifth string walk-on. Like, he's he's, he's working to be there. He's not anything. Like, like his entire career, he's been told, man, you're not worth it. You're not going to make it. His circumstances were, you're not a good quarterback. Quit football. Until this season. Fifth year senior, he actually didn't start at the beginning of the season. He still was was low low on the totem pole. Actually, was third, like, kind of third string. And they actually had a linebacker who was second string quarterback. So just to show you how, how he was viewed. Their starter has some medical, man, it's a showdown. So anyways, they, they, their starter has a medical kind of condition that, that comes up, and he's got some personal stuff he has to deal with. So, so their starter is, is re, like, he's on the team, but, but he doesn't have to participate in anything right now. So then they go and kind of figure out what we're going to do, and they, they wind up going, all right, Kyle, we're going to give you a chance. We need, we need someone to play. First game's against Oklahoma, which if you guys know college football, particularly this year, Oklahoma is a really good, Oklahoma every year is a really good team. Oklahoma Sooners is really awesome, really good. Um, they actually have a quarterback named Baker Mayfield. We're gonna talk about it here in just a second. Who is um, supposed to be like he's in the Heisman race? Like he's like to be the best player in college football. A lot of people think he is. And they also were supposed to be in the college playoffs. Right now it's looking like it might not happen, but they're still a really really good team. Going to try to make it a national championship. They come in this game against Iowa State undefeated, going against Kyle Kent. Dude who's been fifth string just about his whole like whole college career. Nobody. Comes out, they knock off Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma. And it, they didn't do it by running the ball. They did it by throwing. He threw them to victory. And so all of a sudden I was like, dude, who's this Kyle Kent guy? And then all of a sudden he found a story. And, man, he didn't give up on his dream. Even though circumstances and giants came in his face, he didn't give up on them. Actually, this Saturday, actually, I can't remember who they played. They're ranked 25 now. They're nothing. Now they're ranked 25 and upset another team last yesterday. I just can't remember who it was because... There was so much football on. But they, they beat them, man. And, and it's just a really cool story. And seeing, man, he, he persevered. His confidence, he didn't like his circumstances define his confidence. And he pushed through. It said Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma's quarterback. He, uh, some of you guys might know him. If you guys know college football, might know Baker Mayfield a little bit more. Um, I didn't realize this until last night. I was, I was watching the Oklahoma game for a little bit. And they came on and they said, they're playing Texas Tech, which is really funny because I do remember this. Baker Mayfield originally played for Texas Tech. Um, he actually started as a freshman for some of the other games. But I didn't realize this until yesterday. He walked on at Texas Tech. When he was at Texas Tech, he was not a scholarship player. He was one of those walk-on guys that he had to work his way through. And as he did that, they, they ever told him, dude, you're too small, you're not going to make it, and, and, and you're, you're nothing. Well, all of a sudden, he gets passed up at Texas Tech. He goes on, transfers to Oklahoma, and now he's their starting quarterback pushing for the Heisman. But as he went to Oklahoma, they didn't give him a scholarship either. He had to walk on at Oklahoma. So this whole time, they're looking at Baker Mayfield, and they're going, dude, you're too small. You're not going to make it. You're not worth anything. Like, give up football, man. But he continues to push for his dream. And actually, he might, he, he could go in the, they're, they're talking last night about him going in the NFL and possibly being a good starter. 
this guy who's a walk-on at two different colleges, and he's now pushing to be a Heisman, the Heisman candidate, looking to be a starting quarterback possibly next year. He did not let his confidence be defined by his circumstances. Now, as we say that, and we move on to, to man, what about life, right? Like, we're talking about football here. Like, like there's so much to football, and there's the physical side, and, and they can push through. But here's the thing about our confidence in living this life. As we're talking about, I can handle it. We, we are on, on ourselves, cannot, cannot handle it. There's a hope, but it's, but it's not, it's not in ourselves. Our, our problem is we so often get caught up in our stuff. We get so focused on the things going on. And we, and, and we appropriately sometimes realize that some of these problems are my fault, some of these circumstances I'm facing. Like, I, I, I brought this, I invited this giant in, I invited this thing into our life. But we, we look at it and we go, man, maybe if I can just try a little harder. Maybe if I can do, just do this one thing, I, I can make it work. Or maybe if, if I can, uh, you know, it, if I find an addiction, I can, I can go and do this and finally make it work, make it happen, or, if, or if, whatever it is, whatever your circumstances is. We often just think, man, I, I just need to pull, pull on bootstraps and, and get after it. And if I try really hard, if I work really hard, I can conquer this. I can beat this giant. I promise you guys that way is one way to get stomped dead by a giant every time. We, our hope and our ability to handle it is not found in, in our own ability, our own drive. I tell the stories to the football players to show this kind of cool story, but the thing is, there's a little bit difference in football, right? Like, all they gotta do, they, got, they just gotta work hard. They gotta get in the weight room, get after it. Like, like, there's just the physical side to it. But when it comes to living life and, and being successful and, and the, like, balance and finances and family and all these things, there's so much that go into play than just going to the gym and working out. When it comes to living a successful life, going to the gym's not gonna simply make your life better. We, we actually need more help than that. So where... Where can we find our confidence? And you stop looking at the wrong things when you look to God who has our back. In a winning life and handling what life throws at us, it is not our circumstances or even ourselves. It is God that we can find our confidence in. Our confidence is built on him and him alone. Joshua and Caleb, we talked about them a little bit ago, they entered the promised land because they looked past the giants and saw God's promise for them. They saw what God had done in their life and already knew that he was going to do it again. Our confidence is found in God. He has promised that if we come to him and put our faith in him and give our lives to him, that, we will get, that he will get us through all things if life, this life brings us, regardless of our circumstance. Here's the thing, guys. Joshua and Caleb, they, they, they saw like, what was going on. They saw what they were facing. And what was cool is when they went to promised land, guys, actually skipped a point. I was, anyways, when they saw the promised land, they went there. They were, they were taught of the spies that were there. They got to see it. And when they were there, it wasn't they were blind to the giants on the fortified walls, but when they were there, they were obsessed with the promise that God had given them. They got there, and they were like, dude, literally milk and honey flowing from this place. Look at these grapes. Caleb, give me a hand. I can't handle it myself, right? Like, I need you to come help me pick these grapes up because they're huge. This place is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's, it's a wonderful place. Literally, they said that. It's a wonderful land. And they get back and they're like, you know, the people are giving, the, the other guys, they, they, they kind of come together, they get the report and they're, they're doing the part. They're like, hey, man, it, it, is, it is a wonderful place. And Joshua and Caleb are like, yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, it is awesome. And then they get, they're like, there are giants though and fortified walls. And Joshua and Caleb are like, I mean, yeah, we saw that. That, that was there, right? Okay, cool. And they get to it and they, they get the report. They get to the end. They're just kind of like, they're letting you know. Man, it's a, it's a crazy place. And Caleb goes, let's go now. Let's take it. Everybody grab your stuff. Let's go. It's our land. We got this. God has given it to us. It's amazing. It's everything he said. 
And they looked back at Caleb, whoa, dude, did you not hear what we just said? Giants, right? Remember, fee, fi, fo, fum, those weren't trees. Those were men, they're huge. And Joshua Caleb, yeah, dude, but God's given this to us. Because they're freaking out. They, they come back and say, man, listen, this is a wonderful land. They have nothing against us. They have fortified walls. So what? We have God. Do you not remember what happened when we came out of Egypt? The plagues, the Red Sea, we split open, we walked across. Like, do you not remember what God's been doing with us? Man, they're nothing. They are prayed to us is what they say. That confidence, what they're coming at you, they're going, man, do you guys remember what God's done? Do you guys remember when he said he was going to do it again? Their confidence was not found in the circumstances of the giants and the walls. Their confidence was solely found in the fact God has given us this place already. Let's just go take what's ours. Let's go take what God's already given us. And for us, I kind of already read my point, but that we would come and say, God, we would give ourselves over to him and we'd follow him in, in, in everything that, and when I say follow him, we just trust him. We'd come and accept him as Lord and follow him. Like, God, you're mine. Like, I'm, you're my everything. As we face our circumstances, we just go, we, 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 I'm leaning to you. Just like you've taken care of my life at this point, you're going to continue to do so. Before we get to Philippians, I do, I do want to say this. It's just kind of more point to how God takes care of things. And I, I love this. I, I, I didn't originally put this in my notes. But Jesus um, says some things to us. That I think it's pretty cool. He talks about us succeeding this life and, and finding fulfillment and joy in it regardless of our circumstances, right? Whether they're good, bad. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, but he says, man, listen, take heart. He says in John 16, 33, he says, man, take heart for I've overcome the world. And, and before that, he literally, he says, man, listen, the world's gonna come attack you. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna persecute you, but, but take heart for I've overcome the world. He's literally saying, hey, listen, as this world tries to beat you down, the circumstances seem like they're against you. Remember, take heart. I've already conquered it. I've already beat up this world. I've already won the day. So when your circumstances are trying to say, hey, you're not worth anything, you can't do it, like it's, it's hopeless, give up. And remember, God says, no, I, I, I've already got that. The other thing I love is, is in Matthew 28, um, the disciples, they, they really have seen Jesus now. Like they, they watched him live a perfect life. They watched him um, die, on, they, they die on the cross, and they're like, man, like they weren't sure, honestly. They're like, is, was he the Messiah? Was he not? Like he just died, that was crazy. And then he rose again. They're like, oh, dude, he is. This is amazing. Like this really is God, this has got flesh, like everything, he, like we're, we're giving our all to you. And, and as this happens, Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be with you for a little bit while longer. Like they see evidence of this because he's right there in front of their face after they saw him die and saw his grave and it's empty now and he's right here in our face. And he's like, man, I'm gonna go. And they're like, oh, dude, what, what now? Like, what are we gonna, like, dude, those three days were horrible without you. Before it was horrible without you. And he says, he says this to them. He says, hey guys, I've been given all authority on heaven and earth. And he gives us this commission. Therefore, go make disciples in the name of the Father. Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them all the things that, that I've taught you. And remember, I'm with you. Always, even to the end of the age. He's virtually saying, listen, guys, I've been given all authority. So I'm telling you, go. Let people know that there's life, there's joy to be found. And remember when you're discouraged, I am with you always. Well, that's what led Paul to say this in Philippians 4, 11 to 13. We know Philippians 4, 13, most of it's like on everyone's um, shoes and everything. But this, this is what it says, the context kind of around it. Verse 11, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live, in almost, with, I know, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. 
I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is full, a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You're saying, Paul realized in Christ that I can do all things. That God was going to him through anything. Literally saying, man, whether circumstances are good, whether they're bad, I, I've learned to be content. I've learned to have joy because of Christ. Not because of me, not because I tried harder. Not because I'm really like, okay, let, let, me, let me really work these things through or let me enjoy this little season of comfort. He said, no, even in any situations, I know that it's all from Christ and I continue to go to him. Which is why what led, led Paul, led Joshua and Caleb, they realized their confidence in handling what life brought them was not in what they could do, but in God and what he has done and he has promised them. Basically, it's like any game. Who, who in here has played a, like any, any pick, a game of any kind of pickup sport? Basketball, football, softball. All right, who's played any board game where you need a teammate? All right, so we've, we've, got, we've got those two things there. Most of us have probably done one or the other or both. But here's the thing. How many of you guys realize that, that when we're playing a pickup game of basketball or, or a pickup game of any sport, it's not a matter of the training or practice you have with your team, it's a pickup game. Literally, we showed up, we said, hey, y'all wanna play a game? All right, who's teams, right? Like, like there's no practice in this, we're just here. Like, so, so right now, let's say we had a basketball, Ridgepoint Church basketball tournament, okay? And LeBron James walked in here. Who's winning that championship? Whoever has LeBron James, right? Like, like, it's not in my strategy. It's not in how hard I try or how much I've been practicing basketball. It's about who got first pick, right? LeBron's on my team. We're winning. Steph Curry, whoever, like, like whoever you want, that one scenario where it walks in. Um, I didn't ask permission. I'm sure you said it before, but apparently in the Gallowitz family, Jahid is unbeatable at Monopoly. So if for some reason you're playing an, a team game of Monopoly, Jahid's the one you want on your team because he's not going to lose, right? Like the strategy isn't how good am I Monopoly. It's I got Jahid. It's not how good I'm at basketball, I got LeBron. When it comes to living this life, it's not a matter of like, okay, did I really have this together? I have this. It's, dude, I got Jesus. I got God. Like, he's with me. We're going at this together. I can handle it, not because of I'm awesome and do all these things. I can handle it because he's on my team, because he's with me, because we're doing this together, and he's the main component. Guys, we, we have to live our lives that way. And I, I want to say this, I... I, I, I I forgot to me. I didn't actually have my notes, but I didn't want to mention it. I forgot doing first service. But the the crazy thing here is, is what happens afterwards in, in the story, the, the, like the history of the Israelites is they go in the wilderness, but what happens right after they get told, they were told, like, hey, listen, you screwed up. Actually, I, I left out verse 12, and after that, God's like, all right, I'm going to wipe you guys out. I'm going to start over. You want a new leader? Cool. How about this? None of y'all. I'm going to give me someone else. We'll start all over. And and Moses is like, God, no, like, like what will people think when they see that, 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 that you just squashed your people after everything? And, and, and really, God was... was getting him to see that point. But, but here's the other thing God was trying to get him to see. You can't do it without me. So what happens after this, they do what we all do when we make a mistake. They went, oh, me, God, we're so sorry. We're dumb. Oh, man, sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. We'll go do it now. And God was like, whoa, no, 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 no. I, I asked you to do that then. Now, now we've got a different, we've got to do some different things. And, and, and here's the thing about it. I don't think he treats us like that way because he was trying to make a point to them that you can't do it without me. Some of them went. They got ran out of town because they went without God. And I think God was trying to show them and show us is that, man, this life is pointless and useless without me. Facing this life without me is your confidence, without me is your hope. It's gonna fail every time. And just as far as what's gonna happen, I think, I thought, between service, I thought of like potty training. Like we have a little one-year-old, 
right? Like, hopefully, no one celebrates you going to the bathroom still, you know? But at some point, it's a good, hey, good job, man. Way to knock it out, man. You went to the potty, big boy. Look at you. You know, that doesn't happen when I go to the bathroom now. Usually, it's like, whoa, what's wrong with you? You know, but, like, that, that was needed early on, right? Like, like, there's these teachings. So just realize that God's trying to show us, hey, we need help. We need him. And here's what kind of like, like what, what we can do practically. What are the practical things we can take away from this? And here are a couple of things. Don't forget about when God came through before. In your life, if you, if you, if you came to Christ and if you're kind of going, dude, God's there, like I'm, I'm here kind of trying to figure that out. I'm gonna get to that in a second. But for you guys who have given your life to Christ, you've, you've accepted Jesus and you're, you're following him, man, think back to that, that time of salvation. Think back to the times in your life where you're like, dude, I don't know what I was gonna do, but then God came through like, Think of those times and hold on to them. Remember them. Don't forget them. What happened with the Israelites is they're sitting there going, why did you bring us to Egypt? And God's like, dude, exactly. I brought you out of Egypt, right? Like, so like don't forget what happened then. That's going to help you with your confidence. As, as you're facing these circumstances, as giants are coming, they're yelling at you. They're going, you can't do it. Like, you need to stop. No, God's, God's beat you before. God's beat this kind of, like, you're, God's bigger than this giant. And if you're sitting here today and you're going, Josh, I don't, I'm kind of here trying to figure all that out. I want to encourage you, man, and this kind of goes along with the second point for everybody, but man, I want to encourage you right now, like we did earlier, just start talking to God. Be open. Be real with him. I promise you, he will show up. He will show up in your life and rock your world. He will change your life in the most wonderful way. And I don't mean that in the sense of like your life stinks or whatever. I just mean the sense of like, dude, I, that's what happened for me. And I wasn't like the worst person, quote unquote, whatever, by the world standards, but Man, I was missing something. It wasn't until I realized that I needed God, that, that, that my life was, was forever changed. And it took that time where I just said, God, are you real? We kind of got done that series. We talked about that. But I want to encourage you today, if you're kind of going here, God, I haven't had that. Talk to him about it. I promise you he'll rock your world. Secondly, and this one's kind of like, especially the youth groups, like every week or whatever, but, but it's just so huge. We're talking about having this confidence, right? Like my confidence being found in God and not in my circumstances Man, spend some time, spend some intentional time with God daily, or the best you can, daily. And what I mean by this, guys, is this. Speak to him, often we focus on our circumstances because we don't take time to look at God outside of that time that we're focused on only circumstances. We don't take time to, to, to stop and go, wait a minute, my God is bigger than this. We don't take time to actually just kind of, you know, some point in the day go, you know what, God, you're bigger than what, what, what's going on in my life. You're bigger. And I say that in the sense of like you can handle everything going on in my life and you want to handle it. So I'm going to go spend some more time with you intentional. And the reason I'm saying intentional is this. Dude, it is great to pray in the car while you're going to work. It's great. You should do that. You should pray all the time. But you also should have some time that you take some time just with God. Like some intentional time, like kind of a way, right? Like, like if the only time you spent with your spouse or your significant other or a friend was in the car driving, your relationship would be weird. You know, like, get, like you're driving somewhere, hey, this is awesome, this is good, oh, cool, see you later. You know, like, never see me here for the rest of the day, right? Like, but it's the time that we have, it's just, like, you know, for, for spouses in here, people dating, like, date, time, date night is the best, right? Like, st- structure some time in your day to have that. It doesn't have to be something crazy. I'm not saying, like, hey, man, mark out an hour of your day with God every day. I'm just saying, man, take a minute, just uninterrupted to, to, to kind of, I can close my eyes, I can, I can let go of everything else going around me and just have a conversation with God. Just a minute. And I literally mean a minute. Take some time to, 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 to just, just read, read, get in the Bible some. And it doesn't have to be like, hey, take some time to read 15,000 pages or 15 chapters or a whole book of the Bible. Man, literally just read a verse or two. Read a chapter. And I'm, and I'm saying this, guys, I'm not saying this to some like, whole, like, like listen, I, this is my struggle right now. Like two days, like, 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 like this weekend, like, like this morning was the first time I actually really like for myself, like obviously 
I've been looking at this message, but for my own personal, like, intentional time with God. This morning's the first time I did it this weekend. Just being honest with you guys. And, 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 and I want to do more than that. And I'm just saying that as, as an encouragement, hopefully, to you guys. That, that I mean, this is tough. This is hard. But this right here will continue to change us and encourage us in our confidence with God. The more time we spend with him, the more obvious it will be to us that, God, you, you're amazing. You're bigger than whatever my life is facing. And we get those constant daily reminders from him because we took time to just be intentional with him and listen. And the last thing is this. I want to encourage you guys to get in a group. Mainly because we, we have this, you know, this, the whole life is better together. But, but it really is, guys. And I mean that from the sense of like, man, that time together with brothers and sisters is, is so encouraging and helps us remind, remind us where our confidence is at. My wife, did I drop something? That was weird. Okay, my, uh, my wife is, is so good at, at reminding me this. I get so caught up with stuff. I'm like, man, what am I doing? What, how do we do this? Whatever, my, my wife come up like, have you talked to God about that? I'm like, yeah, I'll be right back. You know, like, man, like, like that encouragement. And, and that happens so much in group. We get together and go, man, we're all like in this kind of together in this life and, and trying to find our way and, and how to do these things. And we get to come together and go, man, listen, I'm trying to find, follow God and it's hard. And someone else will go, dude, it's hard for me too, man, but I've been trying to find this. And I've been trying to find, oh man, this, all of a sudden we get to be encouraged by each other and have other people help lift us up and encourage us and who our confidence really is in. Not in our circumstance, not what's going on, but that God has a handle on it. As long as we go to him, we have a handle on it too. So that's what encourages guys, man. If you're not in a group, it'll change your life. That's all I'm trying to say. So as we put our confidence and see our confidence is not in our circumstances, but it's in God. Just want to continue to encourage us. Remember what he's done for us before. If he hasn't, if you haven't, you don't have that kind of story, man, talk to him about that. Spend some serious, like spend intentional time with him some point during the day. It doesn't have to be long or crazy, just some time to, God, I just want, hey, how's it going? And find a group. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, some Ridge Point group, whatever. Just find some other people that are following Jesus and go, man, can we just hang out and talk sometimes about this life? I promise you they'll change your life and continually give you the confidence that's from God that's hopeful and leading us forward to conquer giants. Let's pray. Daddy, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you just for, for loving us, God, that, that you give us this amazing confidence. God, I just pray that, that, that we would lean on that, that we would come to that, that we would give our entire lives to you. God, let us be intentional with you this week. Let's engage with each other. God, let, let's think back and remember the times that you've shown up before, Danny. I pray for anyone here today that's going, I haven't had that. God, I pray right now that you would just speak to their heart. God, they would, they would forever today be able to see that you are amazing, that you are awesome, that you are worth everything. And their confidence would be in you. God, I, I pray that, that we would see how big you are over our giants and circumstances in our life. See how well and how greatly you handle these things as we trust you. Daddy, you, you're just amazing. I just, I just continue to pray that for anyone in here that, that is looking for what's missing, God, they would find you. And for us in here that are just honestly a little caught up in our circumstances, we know you, but, but right now it's a little hard because the circumstances of the giant just seems really big and this behemoth is blocking my view of you. Daddy, I pray that, that God, right now, you would just knock that, that giant down and, 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 and see you. Have your way with us today. In Jesus' name I pray.